Hello and welcome back to the Weekend Spread presented by the Schooner Pod. It's our weekly show where we pick the games against the spread. I'm Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got Ty and Boat and Blake. And if you're watching live, you can see that Jameson, he's offline. He's currently uh, traversing the country, visiting every Margaritaville to pay respects to Jimmy Buffett. So uh, he is a little bit, he's a little bit out of commission, uh, but he's still making his picks. His uh, transmissions will come in throughout the show as we make our picks. But um, anyways, guys, big week last week, uh, massive week too. shook the foundations of college football. It felt like this week shouldn't be too big. But we're going to pick it anyway. We're excited to go. So just taking a quick little look at the standings here. Ty leads at 14 and 14, a nice 500. Went 7 and 3 last week. Bowden Blake also went 7 and 3. He goes up to 12 and 15, tied with me for second. I only went uh, a little weak 6 and 4, but I'll take it. And then Jameson, even though he is last, he had a stellar 8 and 2 record. Was knocking on the door of an undefeated 10 and 0. But he had to jinx himself with a uh, by saying that Auburn was a lock. And then, uh, yeah, same with the Arizona State. So Pac-12 after dark uh, got him bad there. So let's kick it to, to Ty here, starting us off here. Uh, what a week that was. Very exciting, very fun. Uh, and what are your thoughts on everything? Yeah, I have. Well, we've all started to turn it around as we've learned these teams. We're getting a little bit more accurate on our picks. I believe Blake and I were both seven and three last week. And then I think Bobby, you're right behind us at six and four. And then like we talked about James and eight and two. So sometimes it does seem like maybe we do kind of know what we're talking about, but we're still very early in the season. There's a lot of luck in this, especially as we roll into as conference games begin, which is not this week, but I'm excited for this slate. This hopefully should be a uh, pad the stats slate. We should all go pretty positive this next uh this next week and then roll into conference play we had some cold takes last week i think texas kind of shocked the world going into tuscaloosa and, and taking care of business that certainly shocked me jameson the only one that called that one right unfortunately absent so he doesn't get to gloat on that yeah i i agree it was it was uh interesting that jameson got the was the only one to pick texas he was spot on all over that that game was uh was massive for UT. Uh, but Blake, I, I'm sure you have nothing to talk about. Nothing, nothing significant happened over the weekend, uh, especially as it relates to you and I and uh, any bets. So uh, we'll just move on and not talk to you about this. I'm excited to see you in a few weeks. Uh, hopefully, whenever you come down to Dallas, I got the bottle waiting for you, the Malort. Uh, you keep it fresh on tap, ready for you, Bobby. But uh, yeah, there's an epidemic going around college football that I really need to talk about. It's kind of random. I pushed on one bet like in real life. I won it on this pod and then lost another because of it. Whenever you get a, say, a fumble, a fumble recovery, a interception, a key first down, when you are the team that is ahead, what are these teams doing not going down? Utah, I got screwed because they got pushed into the end zone, which, like, put them up by seven, which caused the push. And then Texas Tech, 
Oregon had the interception late, if they would have gone down, the game's over there, but he ran it back for a touchdown. That gives them a chance to come back and win, although that didn't happen. I need some of these teams to start getting burned by these last-second plays, these fumble recoveries, these random plays where, like, guys get a little cocky and want to get that touchdown on the board, but ultimately could screw their team. I was so frustrated because it's uh, Tech couldn't drive down the field fast enough, and Baylor had a chance, really. They had a chance to tie the game, and it was a clear pass interference and they just decided not to call it so i want some justice i want it to be consistent we dealt with this in the nfl a few years ago with todd Gurley going down that's how you're supposed to play that's how i expect you to play why are these guys playing hero ball with like 30 seconds left and like giving their opponents a chance to win the game i was devastated that baylor didn't cover until i realized that the line was seven and a half and not six and a half and that 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 real relief hitting me at the tailgate, <laughs> knowing that I actually hit. Oh, it's the best. Because that, I pushed uh, on it, and pushes were the worst. Like in real life, pushes suck because, like, you need you. I would rather just lose at that point. Like, at least be completely wrong, not just like ah, oh, dead on the money. Vegas got it perfectly right. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, never. Fun. Just a reminder for everyone listening: just for ease of everything, we do count pushes as wins here. So if you notice that, a uh, little bit different than actually gambling. Yeah, and for the record, we started that in like 20... I believe we started pushes for the... Back when this was like a column on the old Schooner blog, uh, back in like 2018, something like that. So yeah, uh, obviously a little bit different, uh, you know, as we've matured. But for record keeping, we can't go back and fix all that. No. Anyways. Uh, all right, guys, let's get on with the slate. It is a bit gross, but we're going to start out with our first game. The number 11th ranked Tennessee Vols, 2-0, 1-0 against the spread, traveled to the Swamp to take on the Florida Gators, who are 1-1 and and struggling against the spread. They're 0-2, but Tennessee only favored by 6.5 here. This game can be found uh, at 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. And uh, look, we're going to kick, we're actually going to kick this thing off. Uh, Jameson has some words for us. It's Jameson on playback. Can't be live. Working the night shift, delivering babies. I'll be back in two weeks, but I've got to put the picks in. I can't just be putting them on like the weekend spreadsheet that we have online and not record some things. I got to say a couple words so y'all got to know. And I feel like that Bobby's going to play these videos first before y'all do your picks. So just anticipate Bobby's ch- will be probably be changing his picks as he hears. Damn right. So let's get to it. <laughs> Florida plus six and a half at home versus Tennessee. I'm going to take Florida on this one. Yes, I understand Tennessee is going to be the popular pick. We've liked them in the preseason. Um, Boat and Blake likes Joe Milton. And Florida really kind of burned us in that Utah game. So I feel like a lot of betters here are going to be thinking about picking Tennessee because what they watched on that first game of the season with Florida and Utah. I just can't get on that side. I just think that I want to kind of pick the points of Florida at home. And I hate to split hairs here, but I really wish Tennessee's offense would have blown Austin P out a little bit more in their last week. Yes, I'm evaluating how they played versus Austin P. I understand that doesn't mean as much. But I think Florida can at least keep it close, not win, but cover the spread. All right, Jameson. Well, goodbye for now. Uh, thanks for popping in with your uh, w- with your take. We'll see him throughout the show. Um, but in terms of normal order, we're going to go Ty starting out, then me, then Blake. 
Uh, Ty, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, very interesting. Line seems a little sketchy. Yeah, I, I don't want to get on to Jameson too much, right? He's not here to defend himself, but this is why here at some, all. some people, some people, not saying us, some people maybe believe that they should do their own research when it comes to talking to a, a healthcare provider because they say crazy things like betting on Florida. They, this Florida team has burned Jameson before. He has not paid attention to it. He's now given the exact same explanation he gave against Utah. I think Tennessee is better than Utah. I've had some cold takes this year, but I am leading at exactly 50%. Um, but yeah, I like the Vols in this one. I, I think it's a pretty clear cut. This Florida team sort of lost their way without Anthony Richardson, who was a little bit better in college than he is in the NFL. Is he good at all? Whole other side tangent. I think the Tennessee team maybe not as dangerous as they were last year, but I really think that they roll into this game and at least get it by seven. I genuinely hate to prove Jameson right, but I'm rolling with the Florida Gators here plus six and a half. I think the Vols win, but I think this game is actually going to be pretty close. If you look at the issues Florida had uh, in that week one game against Utah, it was a lot of really dumb mistakes to the point of, you know, having the, having two players wearing the same number on the field at the same time. It just it was a gross, weird road game. You just didn't get that sense that they were all together. Um, but this is a rivalry. It's at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, the swamp. And I feel like Tennessee hasn't done enough to show me that they're really, really all that solid. So I think Joe Milton, a player who obviously at his best looks really great at his worst when he gets rattled, makes a little bit of mistakes. I think that Tennessee just makes enough mistakes for it. It looks just good enough. That crowd is just rocking enough where this one goes close. I'm going to go Tennessee by a field goal, but Florida covers. I'm joining the ship. I love me some Florida this week. Uh, the Kind of the only reason why, to be honest, like both teams have struggled. Like Florida, obviously the most nationally televised one, but Tennessee, Austin P, you're only up, I believe, by seven points at halftime. Like what the heck are you doing against Austin P? I know they're an up-tempo squad from the FCS. They play decent ball down there, but... Tennessee, like with their offensive system, should be boat racing these teams. Absolutely killing them. Didn't happen. I'm just so suspect about kind of the Art Riles type system. Obviously, my team is coming, uh, actually as the worst version of it. I wish we had the original Art Riles system, but Josh Heupel kind of runs that similar thing where offense looks spectacular. Defense can't stay rested because they have no time to rest and just get gassed and points get scored. And we kind of saw it last year. It was like Tennessee was by far the better team. But Anthony Richardson, Florida were able to keep it close. And the thing I liked last year, this is the key edge, I think, to this game. Billy Napier last year was honestly getting killed by Tennessee, but he kept on going for those crucial fourth downs just to cover the spread. Like, he wasn't coming back in the game, but he was going for, like, fourth, 11s, fourth and 11s in his own territory. He was just going for it every single fourth down to try to beat this team. I like that. I like that, especially when... Tennessee not shining so bright. You get a Florida team that might be a little undervalued just from their first two performances. I think Florida just, just like at least goes out there and tries to cover. Like they try really hard. I think this is backdoor central. So give me Florida. Love it. So three guys on the Gators and then, uh, then Ty. So yes. interesting deal. Either Ty, either Ty splits away from the pack or we creep closer. 
Yes, and, and thank you, Blake, for bringing up Coach Art Bryles. <laughs> oh, you fans have oh. not heard enough of him this week. Oh god! At least you don't have his son. At least you don't have his son being well, the we coordinator there. We have his son we in have law. Him. His son in law. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. my god! It's it, it just to get this like a little, blow off a little steam here. It's so infuriating that that Baylor system was so good at throwing it down the field, and now our like our brow son in our system just decides to throw everything five yards behind the line of scrimmage to try to make something happen. Where Same did here. the break happen? I don't get it. Stop it, it. Like, dude! Dylan Gabriel does the exact same thing. I don't know I what's don't... going on. Why was you there know a who break? loves that? Josh Heupel offenses love those little bubble screen things. But they're at least able to get some like deep shots like Jalen Hyatt last year. And I feel like that hinted hooker connection. They were able to connect deep. I haven't seen a deep shot all year for my team. It's just been like, oh, can little JP Richardson like transfer from Oklahoma State like in the slot, like slip on a screen. It's like absolutely not. He has negative speed. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> or, like crucial, like third third down conversions, but yeah, that's that's my Bryles family take. It's the most infuriating thing. They're not even that good, and they still get hired. And it's a controversial hire at that. It's just not. It's not fun. I, I'm no longer having a good time. I was never having a good time. <laughs> but anyways, let's move on to our next game. Talk about controversies and weirdness. It's the Washington Huskies Please. at the Michigan State Spartans. Oi. Washington comes into this ranked eighth, two and zero, one and one against the spread, uh, going into East Lansing, uh, and Sparty, Sparty, they're they're two and zero, two and zero against the spread, but they are down one Mel Tucker, uh, who is being investigated for sexual harassment issues. We won't get into all that. Uh, Huskies favored by sixteen. You can find this game uh, four p.m. Central Time on Peacock. So let's let's ask Jameson, what do you think of this one? Michigan State, Washington. I was kind of surprised to see this one on our slate, but it's going to be Washington. Washington on the road as a 16-point favorite, still versus Michigan State. Michigan State's so stocked down. You, If you guys know anything, I typically really fade teams that have off-the-field issues. I don't care what the spread is. I don't care if it's like uber-inflated because of the off-the-field issues. I usually fade it, and I really like this Washington team. I know it was my first wildcard pick, one of the few picks I actually won at the beginning of the season. So give me Washington minus 16. Michael Penix just to blow the doors off of this team. I might change the structure overall going forward because it feels like we're talking to like a Tupac hologram or like, I don't know, like Jameson's like beyond the grave or something. He's not beyond the grave. He just has the night shift. It's just kind of funny seeing him pop up. Uh, Blake, you kick us off with this one. What do you think about the game? Kind of a dirty spread, uh, but there's no way I'm backing the, this Michigan State team. I didn't think Mel Tucker was all that good of a coach, and I think Michigan State fans are honestly probably pretty excited <laughs> that they're able to get, like, <laughs> A&M fans are taking notes right now of how to get out of, like, massive extensions that ended up just being, like, the worst financial decision your university has ever made. Uh, I just, everybody transferred out of this Michigan State squad before the season. Like, Peyton Thorne was there during spring ball. He was there during the summer and then transferred and now is the starter at Auburn. He's not very good at Auburn. I don't think whoever the backup, what is his name? Noah Kim. I don't think Noah Kim's very good either. They played all two scrubs, Richmond, Central Michigan, not good programs. 
Washington like boat raced a pretty good Boise State team. Like Boise State, although didn't beat UCF last weekend, like had them down to the wire with their backup quarterback in play. Like I told y'all, Boise State is not a like they're not a slump. They're not a bad team. And uh, yeah, this Mount Washington team could just th- like just destroy you if you do not have a good pass defense. So I just I can't. I can't root for a stinky like Michigan State plus sixteen, so I'm just doing something good for my mental health today. So give me, give me Washington. Look, there's nothing Michael Penix likes more than destroying Michigan State. He is back in his element, and he is going to get this cover for the Washington Huskies. Uh, give me Washington minus sixteen. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to go chalk with y'all here. Jameson was, like he said, an early investor into this Washington team. Do I think they have necessarily the tools to go the distance in the Pac-12? Yet to be seen. Why, you know, we gave this whole discussion about why the Pac-12 might be one of the most exciting conferences to watch this year. Quarterback play, part of that, like we just touched on. Michael Penix really, really having a year uh, looking really solid. I just, like, you know, we've touched on everything going on with this Michigan State team. It is a pretty big line. I don't know that it's actually moved any since uh, the the news. I'm sure it might move maybe a little bit as we get closer. But, yeah, it's it's a big one, maybe big enough to stay away from if you're actually looking at gambling. But for the purposes of this, I like Washington minus 16. All righty. We're moving on to our next pick. It's the South Alabama Jaguars, 1-0, or 1-1, 0-2 against the spread. Very weird. Uh, taking on the Oklahoma State Cowboys in Stillwater. The Pokes are 2-0, 1-1 against the spread, and are favored by 7 here. This line actually opened at 9.5, um, so it's crept down 7. And find this one, 6 p.m. Central, on the weird little Big 12 ESPN Plus partnership they have going on here. So, Ty, what what do you think here? Who do you have in the battle between USA and OSU? Yeah, look, I like to ride. I think this season I'm riding with the hot hands when they're hot. I think that's a great strategy. Oklahoma State came down here to Arizona, went down to Tempe, put up a, you know, not great performance. But if you look at the final score, you're talking about a Power 5 opponent on the road week two. That's a very good performance if you're looking at the final score. Going into a home game against a bigger opponent, well, not bigger opponent than Arizona State, but um, you know, going into a home game week three, I like Oklahoma State minus seven. I understand, you know, South Alabama been a little dangerous in the past sometimes, but I just feel like minus seven, very realistic line. I think they can slop it out. Yeah, and I got I, I got to say, apologies to Ghost Jameson, so I need to let him talk really quick. Oklahoma State minus seven at home versus Southern Alabama. Here's my thinking here. I think Oklahoma State's defense is showing us some things in this crazy world that they're playing in of three quarterbacks to where I think seven points is obtainable for this um, Cowboys team, even if they have three quarterbacks playing again this Saturday. I really don't care who the quarterback is. I'm not going to evaluate this offense. The offense is going to stumble their way into some points and do stupid stuff for the whole game. But I think this defense can hold Southern Alabama. I understand that people like South Alabama a lot in terms of, you know, being a non-Power 5 school and they're competitive, they're scrappy. I'm sure you're going to hear a whole thing from Boat and Blake here in a couple picks. 
I think Oklahoma State's defense should be able to shut them down to at least get enough points to win at home by a touchdown or more. That that's that's just the pick here. Yeah, here's my thing. I loved South Alabama at pl- uh, plus nine and a half. I don't love them as much at seven. Um, and this was a pick that I really liked kind of preseason, but we saw they didn't really quite have that juice against Tulane um, in that first game. A lot of people are calling that to be an upset. They just didn't look that great. And, you know, I, I think this one, I, I could see this one being like a just straight up push. But I, I mean, I'm not going to bet on a push. I, I I think Oklahoma State has just enough to squeak it. I, I'm going to go pokes here. I think it'll be close, but I, I don't think South Alabama is the team we thought it was, and I don't think it's a team that people are clearly slamming the money on. Uh, just not quite there, honestly. Blake, your thoughts? Yeah. I, I'm going South Alabama. I'm so going into the preseason <laughs> hype. I just feel like we haven't seen the best of this team just yet. This is a team that I still think could win the Sun Belt. I know Sun Belt play hasn't happened yet, but ah, just the defensive potential behind this team, coupled with the fact that I just feel like OSU never takes these small schools seriously. It's like they're always coming close with Missouri State, with Tulsa, with Central Arkansas this year. They're always like, they just don't seem to, even in decent years, can't separate or get up for these smaller schools. I don't know if that's a cultural thing. Who knows? I just, I'm not impressed with the win against Arizona State. I just feel like this team, although they've been able to escape and like their record is decent now. I just feel like this team is an utter collapse. Like I think maybe Gundy gets them to a bowl type of situation, but like it's OSU's days are gone. Like I think with Gundy, I really do. I just don't see where the hope in this program is. I don't see where the recruiting classes are coming in. And I just feel like this one's going to be a wake up call for those OSU fans that maybe Gundy isn't the guy anymore. So I'm going to take, the South Alabama Jaguars USA baby. I love that you had the uh, you know the courage to do something that I wanted to do, but I I just can't. They're zero two <laughs> against the spread. I think we've just think we've been wrong on on them. But we we'll I, I can easily be wrong, but hey, like that Central Michigan game a few years ago, I remember they were just blowing them out at halftime, and Central Michigan comes like <laughs> roaring back. It's just that's true. I don't know. There's something about this OSU team that like acts like they're a big guy, like a big program, but like doesn't follow through on these smaller teams ever. They just allow them to stay in the game. That's fair. That's very fair. You got you got to Arkansas State them. You got to Arkansas State them. If you're like if you're an OSU fan, you got to make the coach cry, have the players consoling them, <laughs> just like OU did a few weeks ago. So yeah, that, there's my OU compliment for the pod. There you go. I appreciate that. All right, moving on to our next game, we've got the TCU Horn Frogs one and one, zero and two against the spread. Going down to Houston, uh, the Cougars, who are one and one, one and one against the spread. Fresh Houston, fresh off an embarrassing loss to the uh, Rice Owls in the uh, what the battle for the Bayou Bucket or something like that. TCU favored by seven and a half here. This game can be found at 7 p.m. Uh, Central on Fox. Um, Blake, you kick us off here. I know you've had a or actually no, Jameson. I keep forgetting about him. What do you have to say, uh, Ghost Jameson? You on the road, 
minus seven and a half versus Houston. This is going to be one of those classic schooner pods. Everyone picks the TCU Horn Frogs, and no one's going to pick Houston. Why would we want to pick Houston here? It's just not a fun pick. I understand you get seven and a half. It's a better like spread line, and you don't have to deal with that half point. I get it. But what about Houston football in the preseason and in this post? I mean, and during the season, makes you want to pick this. They just lost to Rice. They just lost to Rice. Are you kidding me? If you all recall, dirty JT Daniels is still the quarterback at Rice, and he looked like absolute stink whenever they played Texas. And I understand Texas, legitimate team. Shout out me for being the only one to pick Texas and saying that they could win versus <laughs> Alabama. People snickered at me. But, there it is. Um, I, Houston, they lost to Rice. I don't seven and a half. I take like 13 and a half on this TCU spread. This one's very, very easy. Blake in the preseason, you uh, certainly thought it was that easy. What do you think now? It's a stinky line like this has bad juju written all over it. I I've been going back and forth. I'm going to take the frogs just because like I have to take my team, but uh, nothing last week inspired confidence. I know y'all probably weren't having eyes on Nichols State versus TCU. Uh, that game, it was bad. It was really bad. And like the positive spin on it is that I could chalk it up to they're experimenting with some things. They're trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. Uh, we figured out, I guess, that screens behind the line of scrimmage aren't going to work this year. That's the most optimistic spin. But, like, the pessimistic in me is, like, we have a quarterback that can't throw anything more than five yards. We don't have an offensive coordinator that realizes we have a run game. And we don't have a defense that feels like it can stop anything this year. Like, I felt like at times, like, Nichols obviously wasn't scoring boatloads of points. But defense was letting them drive a little bit. Just not giving our offense the ball enough to get, like, one of those classic, like, 60-6 to blowouts it just it feels something feels off about this offense and it's a Bryles thing it's like never wants to run the ball I don't get it like that was Garrett Riley's best feature about the offense last year was he realized some some games you don't have your passing game on just run it and he just doesn't do that well and so I'm fair they don't have Kendra Miller or DeMarcado anymore but we have a decent stable of guys like Amani Bailey's been there for a while and he's pretty good. Uh, Trey Sanders, like he's dealt with injuries entire entire career, but like he's still a decent back. And I felt like the only positive coming out of this last game is Chandler Morris finally realized he had legs again because like that's kind of what made our offense like click last year with Duggan. I'm going to take the seven and a half, but it's like it's stinky. Like that is a stinky line because I just feel like Houston, Houston's going to go one or two ways. They're either going to bow out and Holgerson's gone in two weeks, or they're going to actually rally around their coach and fight. Um, I, I'm going to go TCU just because I want to root for my own team. But yeah, it's it's gross. There's a lot of weird things going on with both of these programs. So here's my thing. TCU has shifted from what they were last year. Last year, there were these scrappy dogs coming out of nowhere, surprising teams. You know, at least early on in the season, nobody was getting up for TCU because, you know, why would you? They were five and seven last year. And as they kept winning, kept getting better, you know, maybe got a little bit of a target on their back games, kept getting closer, kept getting scrappier, that sort of thing. 
Well, now they're a team that went to the national championship last year. Houston's a team that's playing in their first Big 12 championship, or sorry, first Big 12 game, <laughs> uh, first Big 12 home game here for Hot the take uh, by Bobby. Yeah, no, they're not. They, they <laughs> are committed not. to that take. You've committed it, to <laughs> it. would be genuinely funny if Houston made it to the Big 12 championship after losing to Rice. Uh, <laughs> they aren't. But my thing is, this feels like a game that Houston is, you know, has circled TCU. They've circled this moment. They've been fighting and clawing back to try to get into a power five conference ever since they got ever since the Southwest blew up. So this is a moment for this university and TCU right now. They I, I thought they were going to lose this game in preseason because of just of Houston's moment. Houston's not very good. TCU is still trying to figure things out. They always play games kind of close recently. Anyways, I can see the Cougs getting a cover here, that dirty, dirty hook there, that, uh, you know, little half it's point. It's so dirty. It's so it's dirty. So <laughs> I, I don't know if, I don't think, I'm, I'm, I don't think Houston wins this one. I'm kind of out on that idea. We've just seen them not be great, but we know they're going to battle, try to keep things close. Um, and these Sunny Dykes teams, you know, love love to make things, you know, they, 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 there are some, uh, you know, heartburn horn frogs, I suppose. Uh, they, they, they're given, given Blake hell, I'm sure. So I think, I think Houston carries that momentum over, keeps things close with a, with a really, really big game and, uh, gets that seven and a half point cover. Not sure if they'll win or not, but they, they're going to be so fired up for this. Yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of Island boys on, on this iteration of the pod. So, First, I wanted to say a quick tangent. Blake, I just hearing you complain about your offensive coordinator, about your lack of a run game, lack of a firm running back one, complaining about a nationally embarrassing loss to a double-digit underdog. Like if I just if I just graphed out the things you're talking about, you sound exactly like an OU fan at this point. So welcome to the thing that you hated all growing up and through high school and everything else. You've now become an OU fan. Um, little gobble one of us we accept you one of us and like this is the hardest thing to like swallow is i came into the season probably being one of the more reasonable tcu fans being like eight and four nine and three it would be a great season for us this year with everything we lost but like once the ball snapped that first game you forget about you forget about those projections you're like 12 and oh baby we're doing it again (laughs) we're doing it again boys no once once you taste it there's no going back i mean it's like bobby said once once you've been there you're not the scrappy it's not a house money situation anymore and that is interesting to see with tcu on to this game though tcu commuting down to houston like they're a houston student having to commute to class um (laughs) i i just like the frogs in this one spent most of my time doing the other stuff i really don't i mean yeah there's always potential i mean as an ou fan obviously i know houston can pull some upsets but I just don't see uh, the Houston, I think they're the Bearcats, uh, have a good game in this one. I like the Horned Frogs. Dana, we already know what Dana can do. Not much. Give me the Frogs. I I don't really, I'm not buying Bobby's speech. 
And since we are a school that supports the shield on this podcast, we would all agree we all support the shield. It needs to be highlighted that they are doing a Big 12 homecoming series for the newest joining members of it. And the Houston one features DJ James Kennedy, who is a Vanderpump Rules star, <laughs> uh, if you are a fan of reality TV show. And Sports Illustrated swimsuit models are coming to, are coming to the stadium. So it is yeah. a... It is a new, it is a new dawn for the Big 12, the Shield, we are. <laughs> the, the funniest thing about the swimsuit models thing is underneath, it's like, the women empowerment, you know, uh, you know, it's like, women empowerment topic, and I'm like, that's weird, but okay, that's man. Like, like, the, the article I pulled up, just to make sure, is James Kennedy, because I know uh, DJ Polly D is doing a few of them as well, so I'm like, oh, which DJ is it? Yeah, it is. It's like on Houston's website. It's like, BU, Women's Empowerment, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, this feels like a little... Is that, is that <laughs> this game? Or is that another game? No, it's this game. It's this game. I think that's it's amazing. for all their first, like, first Big 12 game home games. They're giving them this, like, treatment. It's like they wanted to do the SI swimsuit issue models, but also they didn't want to be like the sexist, like, uh, you know, Coors Light ads of the early 2000s. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I will, it's... I, I'll, right, I'll admit, I'll come clean. I've seen some Vanderpump in, in my day. And, oh, I uh, Vanderpump well, there I'll, are, I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's ever seen it, while there are worse people from that show to pick for Women's Empowerment Day, DJ James Kennedy, probably not the best. Yep. <laughs> he is like... <laughs> he's there were pretty, uh, options, but he's not a good option. Kind of a shitty human being, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> I know nothing about Vanderpump Rules, but the, the, just the word DJ James Kennedy sounds like they just hired some random... Some some random TCU frat guy to come down and, and do the DJing. I don't know. Let's move on to our next game. And it's a good one. Okay, it's not good, but it's a backyard brawl. We don't get many of these, and I it's always fun to see it. Uh Pittsburgh, one and one. Oh, one and one against the spread. They haven't won a game. They pushed and lost, but uh no wins. Uh heading down to West Virginia, who are one and one. One and one against the spread. Um, this one's always fun. This one's always rowdy. Pitt's favored by one, so basically a pick 'em. Uh, this one can be found at six thirty central on ABC. Ty, who do you got here? Look, I'm completely shooting from the hip here. I don't want to be seen as anti-shield. I want what's best for the shield. I like Pitt. It's not recency bias. I understand they're they're not they're not the same Pitt that they were before. Like you said, basically just a pick 'em. Give me the team that's favored. That's generally how I go with these. This is interesting to me because, look, Pitt had a pretty poor performance last week against Cincinnati. But at the same time, if you have a backyard brawl in West Virginia, I'm going to go with the Mountaineers. I'm, I'm going to shade it. Shade, shade West Virginia here. This is their biggest rival. They haven't played in Morgantown in God knows when. So, yeah, give me give me West Virginia here. I'm with you, Bobby. Uh, what's concerning about that Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game, like, I had Cincinnati as the worst team in the Big 12, and I still kind of believe that. And Cincinnati just pushed them around on both sides of the offensive line and defensive line. Like, that's 
that is Pat Narduzzi's strength is building up the offensive and defensive line so they can stop the run and so that they can run all over teams. Last weekend, they only they got less than 100 rushing yards and allowed 216 to Cincinnati. That is horrible. That is horrible. And I talked about early, uh, like in the Big 12 preview, that I don't think West Virginia is going to be very good, but I think that they understand, Neil Brown understands their identity, and that is running the ball. They know how to run the ball, and they're going to do it every single play. Like, we saw it against Penn State, and although they didn't cover because of kind of like some last-second heroics uh, by Penn State, they did pretty decent and then just ran the ball all over Duquesne. I just feel like this formula that West Virginia wants to play is going to keep games close. And I'm going to be honest here, boys. Like, I came into the season being like, Neil Brown's the for sure fired Big 12 coach this year. I think he's his seat is getting cold. Like, I think there's two other coaches on the hot seat right now. One being Dana Holgerson and the other one who's warming up over there, Dave Aranda. I think that Ooh, I... I Okay. I think technically three because there's one that's about to go to the SEC. Two. <laughs> well, it's two oh. big <laughs> I kind oh, of agree okay. with Ty a little bit on that <laughs> one, but uh, yeah, I think this West Virginia team is actually fighting for their head coach, and they're doing it in a way that, like, they're not trying to be anything they aren't. They're going to run the ball, and I think Pitt can't stop the run right now. So give me West Virginia. All right, let's hear from Jameson on this one. Virginia plus one at home versus Pittsburgh. I was fading West Virginia plenty in the preseason and during the season. But to be honest with you, that Penn State game kind of showed me some fight in West Virginia that I was surprised to see. Obviously, that whole backdoor cover for Penn State, just putting the foot down on the, on the gas was so, so needed for me during a desperate time in my horrible start to this season. But I really liked the way West Virginia was playing. I feel like they're pretty scrappy on defense, and Gary Green was leading a pretty decent, aggressive offense. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, just lost at home to Cincinnati, a team that we did not give any respect to. The Cincinnati team had no respect from us in the preseason. I'm going to take West Virginia plus one here at home. All right. Ty's an island boy on this one. Interesting. Um, all right, let's move on to our next game. It's the BYU Cougars 2 and 0, 0 and 2 against the spread, heading to Fayetteville to take on the Hogs, who are 2 and 0, 1 and 1 against the spread. Arkansas favored by eight and a half here. You can find this one 6 30 p.m. Central on ESPN2. And uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and play Jameson before I forget. All right, Arkansas minus eight and a half at home versus BYU. By far the dirtiest pick on this slate that I don't want to pick that I left blank until right before the recording this because I have not really truly decided. I don't understand if BYU is good with Keaton Slovis or if they're bad. I have not determined that through these first two games. And I feel like I will develop an opinion after this. Arkansas already kind of know what they've got. I know KJ Jefferson and their running game will bleed down the clock and they'll put up a decent showing. I just truly don't know about this BYU team. So I'm just going to go with a known commodity and pick Arkansas to cover this spread at eight and a half. But I would not be surprised if, you know, BYU shows some things because BYU is a team that we thought was going to be somewhat okay and decent in this Big 12. I feel like we've kind of like cooled a lot 
um, from the beginning of the season, but I think it might be an overreaction that first game, that anemic offense. Give me Arkansas here, but I'm not quite sure at all. Okay, uh, Blake, who do you have in this one? Yeah, don't really have an analysis for this one, but I am pissed at one of these teams. I'm going to take BYU plus the points. I was at Georgia's last weekend in Waco. Shout out to them. All the free press because I love their establishment. It's a great restaurant. Good bar. Go there when you're in Waco, Texas. It's one of the only places you can go in that town. But I was watching a nice game between Tulane and Ole Miss at the time that was uh, still very competitive. And then the manager comes over. I'm very familiar with him because I've been to that establishment uh, establishment many times. He looks like Guy. Uh, he looks like Guy Fieri, but. A knockoff version. It's Guy Ferrari, as I call him. He he looks like uh, Guy for Guy Fieri mixed with the lead singer of the Rascal Flats. Uh, that's the best way to describe him. <laughs> and he came over. That doesn't that doesn't change <laughs> appearance at all. It, no, it shapes the features just slightly enough to get them to where it needs to be. And he changed that game to Arkansas Kent State. I cannot forgive that. I cannot forgive that pick because one, it wasn't a blowout. It wasn't like I got to see the peak performance of Arkansas, I just had to watch them slug along versus a Kent State team who's buns. This team sucks. Kent State's <laughs> head coach left for an offensive coordinator position at Colorado. Like, that's how much respect he had for that job. And you would, with that respect, you get kind of the candidate they have now. That team sucks. And Arkansas couldn't differentiate from them. There was no Hogs fans there. There was nobody cheering. I don't know why he turned it to that game, but I was so kind of mad at Arkansas <laughs> that I had to watch that future performance on the SEC network, which shouldn't exist. We get the cringy <laughs> content like Tim Tebow going into the Alabama locker room being like, Oh, I was about to go on set, but I see these weights and look how awesome they are. Lift them. I love Tim Tebow, but like he gives off a weird kind of energy, like kind of the reverse RG3, like RG3's that like fun weird, and he's kind of that cringe weird. Uh, big RG3 fan. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go Arkansas. No, not Arkansas. I'm going BYU. <laughs> I'm that undecided on this game, but I'm just mad that I had to watch Arkansas Kent State last weekend and like three fourths of the game too. So I had to watch way too much of this game, and I'm just <laughs> mad about that. You're making this pick based off of the manager at Georgia's in, in Waco changing really the game. Is. Because he changed, okay, so I had, like, a good view of both. Like, I had, like, the uh, UTSA game up and then the Tulane one. I was, like, I'm kind of happy with the spread. They changed it to A&M first on the UTSA. I'm fine with that. Like, there's Aggies everywhere in Texas. There are huge schools, 70,000 plus. I understand that. They're a very elite school, Blake. They're a very elite school. Very elite. 80,000 people with an 80% acceptance rate. But when yeah. you take Ole Miss Tulane when it's a good game and turn it to Arkansas Kent State on the SEC network, that's where I start having problems. You should never Fair. be watching any SEC yeah. network games. Like the, it's just a it's a Ponzi scheme there over there. It's a scam. So look, here's my thing. The beef, it, in my opinion, shouldn't be against Arkansas. It should be against Georgia's. Which, while I love the restaurant, great spot. If you know, you know they got rid of the tailgate. The, the tailgate. No, they brought it there, back. Right? They brought it back. They brought it back. I saw okay. it. I saw it. Redacted. I saw it last week, and I oh. because I was like, I was like, I had to confirm with my Baylor friend. I'm like, is that is that the Georgia's tailgate over there? Because I saw the big tent, and it, okay. he was like, yeah, they took it back, and I was like, thank God. That was thank the God. only 
saving grace for that dry ass campus. Like, I was so upset. Only... I was so upset when they took it away in 2019. It it almost it like ruined my day. And then OU lost, and that ruined my day worse. Or no, it was not 2019. It was 21. 21. Yep. 21. Uh, when yeah, when offensive genius Lincoln Riley decided to pull Caleb Williams and put Spencer Rattler in for two series, uh, because that would work, obviously. I, again, the man was trying to sabotage us. That's that's neither here nor there. What is here nor there is the fact that Arkansas is going to pound to BYU. I am all in on the hogs on this one. Um, they played this game in Provo last year. I kind of liked BYU. I was like, you know, they're scrappy. They're weird. You know what happened? Arkansas went up there and smashed them. Middle of the season. And this was like this was like Arkansas after they lost like that kind of, you know, shine, the little shimmer they had when they started. We're like, oh, wait, this Arkansas team might be pretty good. This was like just normal mid mid Arkansas. So my thoughts are I, I think the hogs are just at a different level. I think they win at home in Fayetteville. Uh, and uh, really, this is the first time you start to see BYU and their cracks uh, starting to show. Yeah, I'm traditionally a person who's very big on BYU. I think they're a great addition to the Big 12. Um, I I don't think they have this one. I also like the Razorbacks. Give me uh, piggies to get eight and a half over BYU. <laughs> For some reason, I forgot where I had the, the graphic. It's all good. Took me Which, by the way, I'm by the way, I'm surprised uh, Blake didn't freak out about our TCU graphic. Did you did you even notice what I did? To... Oh, nah. I I don't He's get as bad about that. It's it's one of those things that it's like you're either in the camp of like I'm like oh yeah TCU is a more recognizable name or like how can you take the C from TCU? We are a Christian school. Like how <laughs> it's there's like kind of I guess a little bit of a polarizing debate, but I really could care less. Like it's not I'm not a Central Florida uh like apologists who like can't take the fact that they're called central florida and not ucf the bum ass little astronaut school non-astronaut school because non, yeah non-astronaut school we don't need that whole 10 minute tangent again <laughs> that's true <laughs> we need to do a whole video on that like who is the actual do, like exposing school? them of like why they're not space you because i feel like a lot of the college football oh, writers i got a get- good wall for my chart back here and I can address yeah. every school that's produced an astronaut, every school that's produced someone who's been on the moon, OU being one. Yeah. Um, it's really, do- besides Navy, the suckiest schools try to claim to be Space U because it's Central Florida and then Purdue. Purdue tries to claim it via uh, Neil Armstrong. Purdue, Purdue's made a lot of astronauts. Purdue has multiple yeah. people that have been but on the moon. But still sucks. Yeah. Just still sucks. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. still, yeah. If, you're, if you're gassing up Purdue at the end of the day, you're not in good spot. Not great. It, if yeah, I remember we- right, though, quick tangent, the only games where it's astronaut-producing schools versus astronaut-producing schools that regularly occur are the three service academies playing each other and then OU Texas. Well, if we're talking about people who've been on the moon, obviously astronauts sure. have come from a lot of places. Okay. But moon, yeah, people those- who've been on the moon, the moon it's man. just OU moon Texas folk. and then the service academies. Okay. Because oh, I was about stuff. to say, I'm like, Jeff Bezos' brother went to TCU, and he's been up on whatever Jeff Bezos' space company is. He's an astronaut. He's flown in space for 10 minutes. Technically correct. Technically correct. I but forgot. yeah, we need yeah, to do I like forgot. 
<laughs> we need to do like a defunct land style like docu docu video on it like a little documentary on who space U is uh but anyways let's move on to our next game we've got the iowa state cyclones fresh off of a uh cyhawk el asico loss they're one and one and one and one and one against the spread uh they're heading to uh good old ohio to take on the bobcats who are two and one and one and two against the spread iowa state favored by tree fitty three and a half here this one can be found 11 a.m central espnu all right, Jameson, what do you have for this one? Ohio plus three and a half versus Iowa State. Give me Iowa State minus three and a half here, and here's why. I was a big Ohio supporter at the beginning of the season. thought Curtis Rourke, even though he was coming off ACL injury, he'd be fine at the quarterback position, and I love some C.A. Bangura. Love that rushing attack for Ohio. Curtis Rourke going down, I think, is going to get in his head a little bit. I think that he's not going to be able to play as comfortably as he wants to and you kind of saw that in the stat line last week um even though i like what this ohio team was coming into the season iowa state's starting to kind of surprise me as this scrappy team that i didn't really expect them to be you know i watched a lot of that iowa game and rocco becht even though he didn't do the best i kind of like rocco becht think he can do some things i think he's gonna give some headaches in some big 12 games this season give me iowa state here minus three and a half to cover this spread i almost removed ty from the stream instead of uh fake jameson uh ty who do you have in this one yeah i don't like either of these teams uh i generally hate when i have to do this but iowa state apparently does have someone named rocco on their team and i like that so iowa state minus tree fitting Okay, Blake, I got to ask, what's the status of the Maple Missile? The Maple Missile is playing. Probably a little bit. Jameson was right. Banged up. But he is playing. I'll let you, I'll let you make your pick. I won't, I won't go Okay. Okay. When you have these weird games. I, you, these are games where you see it and you're like, why in the absolute hell did the athletic director approve this? This is one of them for me. I feel like Ohio... You know, gather yeah, a Mac school, but there are a lot of people who go to this school. It feels like uh, I feel like it's kind of sneaky, like a bit of a big bumping type of place. I kind of think Ohio at least at least makes this close and covers. Um, they're scrappy. I liked what I saw, despite my bet against them. I liked what I saw against San Diego State before uh, the Maple Missile went out, and. I kind of think they mess around and make this thing close. So yeah, give me the Ohio Bobcats here. Uh, plus three and a half. I'm with you, Bobby. Like why, if you or Iowa state are ever, ever, ever going on the road to a Mac team, it's the same reason it's happened like four or five times now where Wyoming has upset somebody in Wyoming. Why are you traveling to Wyoming in September? <laughs> it makes no sense. Like there is only bad things to come from this visit. And that's how I feel about Ohio. Iowa state. Like I know they played pretty decent i guess against iowa but i don't think very highly of iowa i don't think that offense can really move the ball and i just feel like iowa state like god the ultimate bag fumble the ultimate matt campbell like dude could have dude was considered for the michigan job at one point like do we replace jim harbaugh with matt campbell he's still there i know he got the bag a little bit from iowa state but 
I you could have gotten something bigger. You could have gotten something bigger. Mm. The maple missile, mm. like as it's almost as, like he was afraid. He like Seth. He Seth Luttrell himself. But that's the problem. It's it's you and Seth Luttrell's a good thing. It's like you think you've indoctrinated yourself into those fan bases that like I've given like he's given Iowa State like five or six of their best seasons of all time. Like if you go top ten, they don't have much football history. But the thing about football is once you reach a mark like that, people expect that mark every single year. And so even though you're taking that program to like full, like to their fullest potential, they're going to turn on you and fire you because they think somebody can do as good of a job or better. It happened to Seth Luttrell. And like now UNT is abysmal. Like they're really bad. And like UNT was still pretty decent. Ty? To, to be fair, Blake, right? You're comparing Seth Luttrell at UNT in Texas. In Iowa, it's very much the norm that you can just be a forever football coach if you want to just continue to be the coach. I know in Matt I Campbell's feel- rare, rare instance of tie defending Matt Campbell in <laughs> Iowa, he has the data points to support that he's making the right decision. But I, I will say this, that at least Brian Ferentz, it, or sorry, Kirk Ferentz, Brian Ferentz is the, his son that's probably about to get fired, but at least Kirk Ferentz, like they win games ugly, but they're winning games. Like they're consistently eight and four, nine and three. Like they're always good. It's not a good brand of football, but they're always good. I feel like Matt Campbell is like good, but he's delivering a bad brand of football and they're just going to get frustrated, especially now that they got the little taste because like Iowa state's always been kind of the little brother of that state. And so this roundabout way uh, has me picking Ohio. So I think maple missile, he showed himself against San Diego's uh, city university really destroyed them. Honestly, if we're going to talk about just the first five or six minutes of that game before they did that dirty stuff, knocked him out of the game, but he's back. I like I, I like Ohio. I like Bobby's analysis. It's like whenever you're a Mac team that mostly plays on Tuesday nights during the year and you can't get like legitimate fans there, a Saturday game versus a P5 team, it's it's upset. Like it smells upset the entire time. It just feels it just feels like an upset. Like you just have that feeling. We kind of you and I both kind of had that feeling for that Wyoming game. And whew, I, I just get that feeling again. So. Yeah. Stop. Right, ske- it's it's good for college football, but stop scheduling G five opponents on the road. When or not? Yeah, we it's G five opponents on the road. Stop doing it. But I love it because I like the I I I love what it brings to college football. It's the best. It, it's the best. It only it only works when it's a situation like OU Tulsa, where it's like everyone there is going to be OU basically, and it's just not. It's not, it's at a different level. This so it's like. Why are you doing this? Uh, there are not a lot of people from Ames, I imagine, that are flooding into what Athens, Ohio, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, they're they're like, what, what are we doing here? Uh, I love so, how. Yeah, I love fun. how Ohio is just copycat towns and cities of like popular college football places. It's like Athens, Athens, Georgia, Miami, Miami, Florida. Like they just kind of. They want to write off the success of other states just to get to where they want to be. Columbus, I don't know. I, I don't know for certain. Might be super cold take from Ty, but I just I feel like 
possibly Athens, Ohio was not named after Athens, Georgia. <laughs> Shot in the dark. <laughs> I can't think of any other Athens, Ty. That's the only Athens I can think of. As if, I don't know. Blake had sound reasoning, so he might be right. How Maybe how how do you name of Ohio it? Ohio was just named after football towns. How do well, you I'm just, name a city or a town Miami and just come up with that name? I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Athens, Greece, zero ch- national championships. They they haven't won back to back. Go dogs. So, anyways, let's move on to our next one. We have the Kansas State Wildcats, ranked 15th. They are 2-0, 2-0 against spread as well. They're traveling to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Tigers, who are 2-0, but 0-2 against the spread. K-State favored by 4.5 here. You can find this one 11 a.m. Central on the SEC Network. Let's kick it to Jamison to see what he has to say about this one. Missouri plus 4.5 versus Kansas State. Just drop everything. This is the easiest slam of the week. Come on. Kansas State's going to cover four and a half. I don't care if they're on the road. I understand. Oh, Missouri, look at all this momentum they got. You got Drinkwitz and going to win versus Kansas State, this football team. There's no shot. Will Howard's going to stomp them into the ground. This is like the one that I would actually consider. I don't bet much on sports, but I'd actually consider on Saturday sitting down and making a hefty bet on. I do not believe in this Missouri team at all. I believe in this Kansas State team. Kansas State team, the biggest supporter here on this podcast is Bobby. Bobby picked them to be number one in the Big 12. Bobby thought they weren't going to cover the spread versus Troy. They covered it very easily, in my opinion, last week. Kansas State, even though without Deuce Vaughn, is showing that they're still a very solid team, very well play called Colin Klein. And I just think that they're going to blow out Missouri on the road. I, this one's easy. Blake, your thoughts? It's another dirty line game. Ah, I'm going Missouri. I'm going Missouri. This this line makes no sense. Like, Kansas is blowing out legitimate opponents. Granted, the only legitimate opponent they played is Troy, but Bobby kind of mentioned last week they struggled against those G5 opponents, and they killed them. And Missouri has been the exact opposite. They uh, won by 25 versus South Dakota team. I had them. They did not cover the spread because they could not separate. Then played Middle Tennessee last weekend. And I'm seeing the score as 23 to 19. That's not great. And you would say every reason K-State. K-State's blowing people out. I don't know. This feels weird. This feels weird. I couldn't do it again. I couldn't do it for the TCU line because I support the frogs, but I could do it here. Missouri. I'm going the weirdness. It's weird. It's a weird line, but I feel like, I feel like we kind of had a weird line last year. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but K-State covered it easy. I, I feel like this is one where the betters and Vegas, the people setting the lines here are overlooking just focusing on on the numbers, the SEC talent, and you know, looking looking at all the all the data, but they're not they're, they're not looking at the heart. They're not looking at the focus of Kansas State. And to me, I feel like Chris Kleiman's going to get his guys up for this. You know, Missouri. You know, to a lot of teams, they're Missouri. They're an also ran. Nobody cares about Missouri, but to Kansas State, this is a rivalry game for them. They care about this. You know, this is they're a Big Eight rivalry, like implications in the past that they're going to get up for uh they're going to make a massive i feel like they're going to you know flood for o field it's gonna be very purple and 
it's going to matter to K-State. So I got the Wildcats here uh, covering the four and a half. I feel like it's attainable. It is weird. It is uncomfy, but I feel like they cover it. It's low enough. I like it a lot. Ty? Hmm. I've been over here thinking. Let's let's get one thing out of the way very quickly. Wildcats, K State, classic Big Twelve, Big Eight matchup, regional matchup, super fun for the sport, super cool color matchup. I like the Wildcats in this one, but Jameson said something that to me just jumped right off the paper. It was like, how have we not noticed this before? This this very important data point that's just screaming at us. Something that has been you know, there's been constant accusations in, in the group text and on this pod for many years of people doing one of the most cardinal of sins. Uh, and I think there might be mounting evidence that Bobby is committing this sin this season. See, Jameson mentioned that Bobby had been very high on K-State and then also started picking against them when it came to covering the spread at Troy. And then, of course, we all know that Bobby is very passionate about his Oklahoma Sooners. But then I recall when Bobby said that OU wouldn't even cover the spread against Arkansas State, and we saw how that turned out. I think, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we may have, for the first time this year, our first case of someone emotionally hedging and trying to pick against teams that they want to do well. I'm going to let Bobby defend himself from these accusations, but I think there is... Mounting evidence that he is he is in fact hedging. Oh, okay. Uh not emotional hedging. I just feel like especially okay, the OU one, that was a misfire, I will say. Mm. Uh, didn't expect OU to come out as strong as they did against Arkansas State. With K-State, they always look bad against those, you know, Sunbelt teams. It felt like an anomaly, not really like and not really like a full indicator of how that team usually looks. So and I was wrong on that. I thought I, I thought they looked really well against Kansas or uh, against Troy. Uh, Troy was not very solid, uh, to say the least. So, um, yeah. I was wrong. I can be inconclusive. wrong. I- inconclusive. We, we shall we shall adjourn. OK, but who, who do you got in this pit? Who do you got? In no, this, I picked uh, in the this start. Game? Yeah, K-State. OK, K-State. I, I picked at the very start. Yeah, K-State. God, I'm an island boy on the stinky one. The line just so stinky. It seems so obvious on one side, but I'm like, Vegas is seeing something that I'm not. They are. They are. They have to be. Yeah. No, it's just just wrong. It feels weird. But anyways, let's move on to the game that everybody's going to be watching. It's the only good college football game on the slate. It's the Oklahoma Sooners, ranked 19th, 2-0. Uh, overall and two and zero against the spread heading up the Turner turnpike, you know, getting them, you know, making sure to reload that pike pass to take on the Tulsa golden hurricane who are one and one two and zero against the spread fresh off a, uh, a beat down, but a cover against uh, the Washington Huskies uh, up in Seattle Sooners favored by 27 and a half here um, spread or uh, this, this one can be found at uh, two 30 central time on ESPN two. Let's hear what Jameson has to say about this matchup. Minus 27 and a half on the road going up to Tulsa. I'm I'm confused here. I know y'all are too. I know this is going to be an all Oklahoma pick here, but here's the thing. Oklahoma versus teams like Tulsa, they will put up points. I understand there's some concern in Oklahoma's offense right now. 
for the scheme and the talent difference that is here versus Tulsa, there's not, I mean, like SMU's obviously not as talented as Oklahoma, but they've got a lot of talented football players on their team to where they can hold a team like Oklahoma to 28. I don't believe Tulsa is that kind of team. Oklahoma will put up 40 plus points in this game. So it comes down to it. Do you think Tulsa can score more than two touchdowns versus Oklahoma defense that just allowed their first touchdown of the season in the fourth quarter last game? Oklahoma's defense is showing to be the strong point of this team. And I said that in the preseason, it's going to be weird watching Oklahoma. Like I'm expecting them to put up big points and give up big points every single game. That's not the case anymore. This is a different era. And we're already starting to see it that this defense and this scheme is our strong suit. And it'll continue to be like that. I feel like as we move into the sec. So I don't think Tulsa is going to score more than 14 points. And I think Oklahoma is going to score more than 42. I think this is an extremely easy pick. Put this with Kansas State. Parlay it. Like, I love both of these picks. I expect a lot of good things from this defense, similar to what we saw last week and the week before. Hopefully, we can see more turnovers. I didn't see as much other than the Justin Harrington interception at the end of the game versus SMU. In Oklahoma's, I understand the bland Jeff Levy offense, the Dylan Gabriel doesn't look to a second target offense, is frustrating, and it was similar to what we saw last season but it works really well versus inferior opponents. So I think Tulsa is not going to get close to covering the spread at plus 27 and a half. Give me Oklahoma. All right. That's Jamison's take on that. Ty, what do you think? Yeah. I like to say we did a whole pod on this earlier in the week. We did a whole pod on something and also touched on this at one point earlier in the week. It got like four sentences about Tulsa. And then we talked about Sean Kingston the rest of the time. This is true. Um, yeah, I, I like Jameson's reasoning. I, I think he set out some fairly realistic goals. I, I think I would like to see at least two turnovers in this. I think that's a bit of a lofty goal, but I don't think it's unrealistic. Um, I like the Sooners. Like I touched on in the, the SMU recap, the defense especially, like Jameson said, I use the analogy. I know I've used it before in past seasons, but we're cooking something in a slow cooker here when it comes to the defense. We already know the ingredients are great. It's already smelling good, but it's not ready necessarily to throw on a plate. And this SMU team or this Tulsa team is not going to be the biggest challenge that we face this year. And I think it's a perfect ramping up for this defense. That's going to be the centerpiece of this team, the backbone of this team. And uh, I, yeah, I really expect especially after holding SMU really low, I expect Tulsa to get less than two touchdowns. I think maybe we'll start to allow a little bit more scores as, as the season goes on. But yeah, I think SMU being held to two touchdowns. And then I think, you know, I, I think it's a bit of a crazy line. Personally, I'd be a little bit more comfortable with something maybe in the mid to low twenties, but I think we all would, but I'm going to have to ride with the Sooners here in this one. I like to think that our offense is going to have the motivation to come out, put up a little bit better performance. Maybe the playbook's getting developed more, timing's getting developed more, all the things that we've touched on. I like the Sooners. Yeah, the pick here is absolutely Oklahoma, uh, minus 27 and a half. Um, all in on that. Uh, I like Kevin Wilson. You know, he did great work for OU at his time there. Uh, and I think he has the right idea with Tulsa and his vision for the Golden Hurricane as kind of noted um, on something sellout crowd posted uh, with him and Bob Stoops talking about it. I, I think 
I think he has the right idea, and I think he will be able to build that program to something really, really good that really fits that program where they are at in college football. But this is just it, it's just too much for them. Uh, they are not a great football team right now. They don't have the they do not have the facilities that, in terms of like being this good that they, they cannot compete with OU. Um, Wilson will throw some you know a little spicy offensive plays here and there, but ultimately. Ultimately, OU's defense too good for them to really do anything. Uh, I think if you look at the deficiencies, Tulsa's uh, passing defense really, really bad. Um, which to me makes me think Dylan Gabriel has himself an absolutely banner day. Goes nuts on the Golden Hurricane. Just has a great, great performance. Um, yeah, I think the Sooners run wild with this one um, and get this cover, like. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think the against the spread graphic is wrong for Tulsa. Although that line was all over the board, we got a cover because I had Arkansas Pine Bluff in that first game. We got a cover from an early touchdown, so it should be one and one. But my problem with OU, 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 they're going to kill Tulsa. Like The defense is good. The defense is looking great. I've been told by all five SMU fans that they have a great offense this year. Preston Stone's the truth. And OU shut them down. Like, they did a pretty good job. OU's starting the wrong guy at quarterback. Like, Ty's been on this for years and years and years. Like, Dylan Gabriel's kind of, like, perk is that he's good with his arm, decent enough with his arm, but good with his legs. Yet, Jackson Arnold is outrunning him and Jackson Arnold he's only thrown 11 passes but he's 11 for 11 the man has not missed a pass yet 100% he didn't throw a pass against SMU Blake that I know that but he is 11 for 11 he's like you cannot take that away Bobby he is 11 for 11 you know let's get let's get back into that let's get back into our offensive coordinator using quarterbacks not as quarterbacks so, uh, yeah, I don't understand this Jackson Arnold kind of wildcat package stuff. Like, just start him. Like, you're not going to beat Texas. I'm going to I'm gonna be honest with you, OU fans out there. You're not going to beat Texas right now with Dylan Gabriel. Like, you have a chance with Jackson Arnold. You're not beating them with Dylan Gabriel right now. Like, that Texas defense looks just as legit as OU, and their offense looks way better. You gotta, You got to roll the dice. Roll the dice, baby. What what's what's the counter, Bobby? What's the counter? I don't. I it's Bobby. Before I, you go, I don't like his reasoning, but I think he's come to the right conclusion. <laughs> so <laughs> the I, work he's shown, is I do not think. Wrong. I don't think Jackson Arnold's there yet from a maturity standpoint. Of like, he doesn't know the offense. He doesn't know the vibes yet. You know, he he needs he needs to get experience. And yeah, Gabriel. I feel like a lot of Gabriel's issues last game against SMU. You know, there were drops. There were there was play calling issues. It just wasn't quite there. I am with you. Maybe let's not use like this super valuable quarterback as just like a battering ram. Uh, maybe not not a great idea. Um, but I, I think it's premature to say that it's time to pull Gabriel. I don't know. I just it's one of those things. I think Gabriel does what we said in the off season of what OU's like season is. It's like nine and a half. He gets you ten and two. But do you want to see that like good, good? Do you want to see that win against Texas and the hype be there? I think Dylan, I, I don't think Dylan Gabriel gets you there, but I think Jackson Arnold does. I think Jackson I don't think Arnold he does. Oh, so good. Like freshman Jackson We're, Arnold. 
give him a year, he'll be ready, but not not now. But the thing, the fact that we're even having this conversation, a senior versus a true freshman being held in the same sentence shows me everything I need to know about somebody's ceiling. I mean, if we're talking overall ceiling, hell yeah, Jackson Arnold has a higher no, ceiling, I, I think, but not now. I, I think to find a middle ground, I think Forget maybe Blake. my take would be if OU played Jackson Arnold for the rest of the games this season, we would maybe lose more games, but yep. we would maybe have a higher ceiling in yep. the potential to beat like Texas. Okay. Yeah, but that's, what like, that's what I want. That's what I want. Like, is this kind of like the Ari Wasserman, like they should have been Sean, uh, Sean Clifford take? Like Yo, last year? That's not even like it already was. That was me the entire season. I'm like, if you're Penn State and you're guaranteed third in your division, why the hell are you rolling out Sean Clifford every single like every single game just to like hopefully get in the same position? Go for big wins. Like go This is the like, gambler attitude right here. <laughs> go for the big wins. Like, why go into a game and be like, you know what? Like, we probably have a better option on the roster to get us that win. But like, you know what? Like we don't want to rock the boat. Like I'm all rock the boat. Get some wins. Get some big wins. Okay. Nothing I, I mean, I, up the I, program like a big win. I think we're gonna be okay. We've literally never seen Dylan Gabriel play a snap against Texas, so I'm not I'm not ready to say pull Gabriel. But we'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. If he's asked, you're not allowed on my boat. If if he comes out against Texas and is laying a stinker, you are getting shoved. Oh. Off. Oh, you're you are going on there. I've been saying this for I'm like Ty, I've been saying this for a while. We gotta give Jackson Arnold the chance. Well, we it, I think if you're losing to Texas, then why not? Like we've seen it work no, in the past. Losing. I want y'all to go out there and win. I want Texas. I know what you're saying, but no, I I don't I don't I don't think that's a good option. it's why it's a weird situation because okay. he's not experienced yet. Not everyone not every promising freshman quarterback is Caleb Williams. Sam Bradford wasn't experienced. Okay, wait. He had it. Well, oh, no, he was a he was a redshirt freshman. He had a whole year to sit under. I, I guess Rhett Bomar, not Rhett Bomar. He was gone by then. Paul Thompson. So exactly, no well, experience. One of the that greatest negative ever. One of the Paul greatest Th ever OU quarterbacks, Troy Aikman, didn't have any experience. That's true. And he lost to Kansas. Tie. He needed. He needed. To, he needed to go to UCLA to grow. Be a pro Daniels style quarterback. Quarterback or what his name? Whatever his name is. He was not playing in the eighties. Anyways, we're not, We're going down a rabbit hole. So let's go to our favorite pick of the week. Why are the brakes working? All right, it's time for wild card picks where we make our favorite pick of the week. Uh, any game that we haven't talked about already is available. So let's go ahead and kick this off. We're going to pull Jameson's video up here. We had to delay it a little bit because you can only upload 10. But here's Jameson's wild card pick. All right, my wild card. As y'all know, this is a segment that I love to talk about Texas State. So let me just give a couple 30-second a minute talk about Texas State. I'm very proud of y'all. I really am. We're broken up. You know, we realize we are toxic for each other. You weren't doing well in covering spreads whenever we were together. I wasn't winning whenever I picked you in the weekend spread. And we we decided that we weren't going to be together anymore. 
and you've done so well, and I'm so happy for you. I really am. I will stay far away. I'll talk about you on a podcast. I'll act like I'm not hurt inside just a little bit, but I'm super happy for your success. You know, covering the spread versus um, UTSA and beating Baylor, what a, what a start to the season. But let's, let's talk about my actual pick. Give me Fresno State minus three on the road versus Arizona State. Here's why. Arizona State, what they showed versus Oklahoma State in that second half, it, there, there's a problem. There's a problem. I understand that I picked Oklahoma State earlier in this podcast, and I've been talking a lot of you know crap on this Oklahoma State football team. But what I saw in that Arizona State second half, I just don't know how they're going to function this year. I think Fresno State's able to cover that spread minus three, and Arizona State's going to be in a lot of trouble. All right. There you go. That's Jameson's pick. Jameson, thank you for recording those. Uh, always good to see you on the pod, even in a weird, you know, pre-recorded manner. James, uh, uh, Blake, who do you like in this one? Or who who is your wild card? Yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of picks have me barking today. I was up in the chat saying oh. I love like if for the memes, the Colorado State money. Please line, do it. Put your hand back on the how, stove. <laughs> I need to save it for later in the year. I I love me some Colorado State. They're my big win future of the year, my biggest ever. I still believe in that. It'd be the funniest thing ever with game day there that it actually happens. I'm not gonna do it just yet. There was another line that had me going. It it had me a little pumped up. It had me showing what we have going in the desert. <laughs> UNLV plus four and a half versus an SEC team and Vandy. I don't care if it's Vandy. You're telling me the Rebel faithful, we have four and a half points at home versus an SEC team? No way in the desert. Doug Brumfell just, oh. Although we didn't eat against Michigan last weekend, we're not showing our hand there. We know we're going to lose that game. Only programs like TCU can beat that team. Their Michigan is a very, very, very good team. Don't show your hand against them, but Vandy is vulnerable. I was all over Hawaii at the beginning of the season for sucking, and they turned out at home versus Vandy. Had a chance to win it there at the end. They out, like, and then Wake Forest last weekend. I don't think Wake Forest is really that good. I think Dave Clawson's a great coach, but loss of San Hartman still blew him out by double digits. I think this Fandy team is back to their original state. Identity lost. Identity gained UNLV. The Rebs. The Rebs. Four and a half points at home. Holy crap against an SEC team. I've seen double digit home dogs while UNLV has been there in the Mountain West. And now we've gotten to the point where it's four and a half points against an SEC team at home. Oh, oh, Allegiant is going to be firing that game. Give me the reps. Big things happening in the desert. Big things wow. are happening in the desert, baby. This is <laughs> this is a banner season. We might make a bowl. Might make a bowl since Ooh. the first time I think since 2011 or 2013. Wow. I get my odd and even numbers screwed up, which causes me to not remember dates. But it's what? it's been at least ten years. It's been at so least so you get literally years. every number mixed up. They're they're only yeah, two. A lot, like yeah, it's a lot. I'm not very good with numbers. I I and I also work for a financial company, which is probably not good. But uh, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not in a finance <laughs> role. But yes, we're we're building something in the desert. Hey Reb, baby. Hey Reb. 
Incredible. Barry Odom's the truth. (laughs) Give me the rest. Incredible. I love it. All right. Here's my pick. And look, (laughs) this this is going to be unconventional, but I haven't won one since. So time to get a little weird with it. This is a pick that I don't love because I think the spread is really high. That always makes me nervous. But it's a pick I must make because I am full of rage. I am full of rage in it. And I, and you know, to quote Danny DeVito, and it's always said in Philadelphia, I get it. Blake, I get it. I am going with Spooky Beavers, Oregon State minus 24 and a half against San Diego City. I I am turning my back on them. Not only I I, I followed these people back out of spite. I backed them out of spite because of the memes, but you know what? The second I saw that Miami game, or the Jeez. second that, or sorry, not Miami, but the, that Ohio game, I knew they were bums. I knew they were they bad. Bums. I knew, Bra- I knew, I knew that Brady Hoke, and once I, hell, I'll put it this way. Once I started doing my research on Brady Hoke and how bad things have gotten, oh, I, 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 I knew I was cooked. I knew my goose was cooked against UCLA. I knew I was talking out of my ass in preseason, and I regretted everything, but you can't turn back. You have to keep going forward. But now that I am free from that prediction, I am free from all of that, I can confidently say they are horrible. That is a program that is not going anywhere under Brady Hoke, fading Hoke completely out of existence. And look, not only that, but it's against a team that I really like in Oregon State. I think the Beavers, under DJ Uyunglele, which, by the way, that is a take that actually aged well, is that Oregon State would be very good, that uh, DJ would Age be very time. good with it, that DJ <laughs> would be good with a change of scenery, uh, with, with a change of scenery. Uh, Clemson clearly was the problem. So, yes. yes. Yeah. So I'm feeling <laughs> great about DJU. Like, that, that take was good, at least. And, look, they're pissed off because they're, they're left out in the wilderness, they're having to file. They're having to file uh, lawsuits to keep the other Pac-12 members from, you know, raiding their the, the conference's corpse like a bunch of buzzards. They're fighting for something more than just wins and losses. They're fighting for their respect as an athletics uh, department, as a program, as a school. They're fighting for hundreds of years, not hundreds, decades of alumni that went and are proud to be Beavers, and they're not going to let up. They're not going to let up the whole season. And I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction I don't have to make. They're making the big, they are making the Pac 12 championship this year. I'm calling my shot now. Uh, and it starts, it's going to continue on with a massive, just mud stomping of San Diego State. So give me Oregon State minus 24 and a half here. Screw you, Aztecs, for making me take a shot of Malort. I know how it feels, Blake. I know how it feels. And I'm sorry. All right, Ty, your turn. Jeez, I, it's going to be hard to top that. And I'm not trying to make a joke. Like, the, the, when you can get that passionate about just a random, t- like, you're not a fan of, you've picked Oregon State in the past, but just that level of passion for, you know, just a random team, I think that truly is what makes college football special, I think, is that just the passion and the buy-in of a lot of stuff. Uh, you were so passionate, you made Blake leave. It was at, at one moment I started to get a flashback, not that I was there, but it, it sounded like the Winston Churchill, like the infamous post Dunkirk speech. Like we will fight on the beaches. We will fight in the air and in the hedges on the fields. And, 
and we'll see. But, blah, blah, blah. I had to turn the camera off to wipe a couple tears away. Yeah, he so had. To, I wanted to cry to that somebody tears. finally realized the fraud that San Diego City University is. Like, out of the amount of preaching I've done over the last few years to show how fraudulent the school is, like, literally none of you all have come by my side. Like, I've never, have, have never come in my hole and really fought that battle with me. And uh, well. Okay. I don't know what happened. I'm just, I just saw everyone laughing. <laughs> I'm glad that Bobby wasn't paying attention because I was trying to get one of y'all and I got tied. <laughs> Bobby's in there. Try Bobby's in there. Trying to do the shock, the shock, shock thing. <laughs> well, I'm just looking at the screen like... <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Um... I forgot where I was because the the guy who doesn't know how to pick. Um, Bobby's in my whole time. Bobby's in my whole time. Coming my whole time. I love this podcast so much, dude. It's a win. Um, Anyways, look, you ride with the hot hand. Here's one thing I think most of our viewers are smart enough to know. And I, I it, does it make me sound old? I don't think so because I know I'm right. Kids these days are not built like they used to be built, right? I was watching some of the clips of that Florida uh, Netflix documentary, you know, and they were talking about the national championship against that Sam Bradford OU team. And they were going over, I forget the Florida player's name, but just that massive early hit on uh, that OU receiver that was just the most egregious pass interference targeting on a defenseless player that I've ever seen. And I was watching that highlight. It was a big, like, legitimate play back in the day and thinking, like, wow, like, that's crazy to me that that was football, you know, not too long ago, and now look at what it is, right? I'm all for player safety. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with making the game safer for the players, but – Kids these days are just not built like they're they used to be built. Pro athletes not built like they used to be built, right? And and it, it, 1996 is an important year to remember. It just in 96, pro athletes were built a certain way that they're just not built now. You didn't have load management. Obviously, that's not really a thing in in football. Otherwise, Aaron Rodgers maybe would still be healthy. Um, but it, it's just it's not the same. People are not the same. And there is one coach. There's many coaches in college football that understand that. They understand that kids these days, these kids, are not built the way that they used to be built even a few short years ago when, when we were built, right? We I was taught, like, put your head down and put your like the crown of your helmet in their numbers when you're in, like, middle school football. You know, that's just not the way it works anymore. Um, and I wasn't very good, to be clear. I was not Bobby. I wasn't invited to go play in pro, like, Austrian middle school football or whatever. But um, that's a side note he can get into later. Many coaches understand kids are not built the way that they used to be built. But there's one coach that understands that and also understands how to motivate kids these days and get them to be the way that they need to be. And that's a coach who I mentioned, 1996, was at the time a Dallas Cowboy, the best damn team in the NFL, America's team, finally back, haven't been back since the 90s. That's, of course, Coach Prime. 
College game day, last in Colorado in 96. Coming back to Colorado, you strike when the iron is hot. They still don't believe in him. Look at this line. This line could be minus 21. Slam the Colorado Buffaloes. I think, unfortunately, they will stumble this season. This game is not it. These tickets, the Colorado students were lined up around the stadium today to get in line, to get a chance to go to this game. They are not going to sleep on Colorado State. Give me Coach Prime. Give me the buffs. I don't care what the line is. They're going to cover it. All right. Um, I actually don't know the line off the top of my head. Blake, do you know? It is, I believe, 20 and a half was the last I checked. So Ty would be getting minus 20 and a half. I'll pull it up since I should furnish my own line, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah. Uh, okay. It, oh wait. On, uh, oh, no, on DraftKings. On DraftKings Sports. Twenty-three. Sports buckets. Twenty-three and a half. So. Yeah. So yeah. All right, Colorado. Take that. Twenty-three yeah. and a half. Ties locking it in. The most wild thing is everybody always said that Californians don't care about football. They don't care about pro football. They don't care about college. But yet. There's still tons of students yeah. flooding into Colorado Stadium. California's, weekend, so. California's <laughs> two biggest teams, uh, UT and Colorado, both doing good this year. All the college football fans just go to Colorado or TCU. That's it. Or Texas. Yep. yep. There you go. Just, I don't know about that. I don't know about TCU, but yeah. Or no, our like everywhere. thirty, like thirty-five percent of our student body right now is Californians. It's like wow. it's something ridiculous. Only yeah, thirty-five percent of TCU students are in state. No. Uh, fifty. It's less than fifty now. Yeah, wow. it, crazy. It was uh, kind of that, that's the bit. <laughs> Times they are changing. All right, they are because finally, hey, I I finally saw the best article the other day that Californians that moved here from San Francisco to Austin have finally got fed up with Texas because they're like the housing prices aren't that cheap. Yeah, you that. artificially the, raised them. The, the tax like article. Yeah, oh and they're like they're mm-hmm. like it's hot here. I'm like I could have told you that. Like that's no surprise. <laughs> Californians just considered to do no research. They just expect the world world to revolve around them. Kind of just the the general the general thoughts of uh, California versus Texas right now. There you go. All right. Well, with that, we have our wild card picks in. We've made our picks for the week. That's about it. So thank you all so much for listening. If you've been listening with us live, thank you so much for hanging out with us, commenting. We always appreciate it. Um, if you're listening on replay or, you know, just finish this thing and haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Make sure to hit the like button as well. Uh, it helps us grow, helps us do well. So we would love, love, love to see that. Uh, and if you're listening the next day on podcast, thank you so much for listening as well. And give us a little, uh, give us a review if you like the show. We'd love to hear what you had to say. Um, and yeah, look next week, guys. Now we're, we're, we want to talk about a slate next week's slate. It's going to be nuts. You got Ohio State, uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame. You know, that one going down in South Bend, uh, Coach Prime in Colorado. They're going up to Eugene, uh, Alabama, Old Miss, just to name a couple. Like, it's going to be a fun, fun week. I'm ready for it. Like, this is 
weeks like this week makes me think like college just needs a scheduling overlord like i think the schools can still agree to schedule whatever games they want but at least shift them around just to make them a little bit better like i love weeks like next week i love weeks like last week when there's like a whole bunch of big name matchups but like can we not just spread them around just a little so we have a few big ones at the primetime slot, some other ones, if you're a sicko like us that really wants to watch them, like, why do we yeah. need to just load up all of our best matchups in, like, one week and just be like, yep, and, like, one week and also probably same time slot. Like, that's what ends up happening is, like, the networks will all get one of the best games apiece, put them against each other, I just think. We need, we just need somebody to come over the top at college football and really schedule this thing out just offset a little bit and by the way blake if you if you wished for that with a monkey's paw that's how you get greg sankey running college football and kicking yeah. out tcu so that's that's why central government doesn't work in college football i know oh, it's God. just so here we go. that's here we go. that's the, the one <laughs> thing the nfl has right is they're able just to like like just change around the schedule and they can shift things out of prime time and not and like college you just kind of you get like game days going to colorado colorado state we've done we've done it the last two weeks with big noon big noon's obviously becoming a thing so hey oh yeah, game day's is. fading yeah i I think, is, yeah. I, I think the ncaa should embrace that they have no power really and and just embrace like corruption and just sort of <laughs> instead of instead of like the stick they just start to use the carrot but in just the most corrupt way. So they're just like, hey, if you comply with our new, we get to decide the schedule, we just won't drug test your team or something like that. Like, don't, oh don't threaten sanctions. You get some flex coins. Yeah, yeah. Just, we, won't, we won't audit your team if you, if you comply with our stuff. I go. I'm just so sick of teams complying with the NCAA. Like the most like the scariest thing for the NCAA is a lawsuit because they can't seem to win a single one. So like if you're North Carolina, why aren't you paying like playing Tez Walker? I know they said he can't play. Just play him. What is the NCAA going to do? Sue you? Like they're guaranteed <laughs> to probably lose one of those. <laughs> quote, because quote, they can't, they the haven't won one yet. So like, like that's the thing. It's like, their only way to enforce things is to sue you. They're not going to do that because they seem to lose like Supreme court level decisions every single time they try to sue. So just do it. Just do it. And dare it is, it is dare a bit of a emperor's new clothes situation. It's, it's well, only there if you believe in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like, that's yeah, why I'm like, yeah. just play your players. You want to play like, well, and lawsuits against the NCAA are funny because especially if it's a, university suing because they're technically suing themselves because they're a part of the ncaa uh so yeah just 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 some weirdness uh, if, if you least. did that coach prime would be like the uh the coach in, in like the longest yard and just be suited up every game in case he needs to go in yep yeah <laughs> i'm ready funny. just do it yeah all right that's our show for this week. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you on Sunday to talk about OU Tulsa, and then back again on Wednesday to talk about our week four picks. For me, Ty, Boat and Blake, and Jameson, remotely. This has been the weekend spread presented by the Schooner Pod. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a good weekend and good luck out there.